What is womb to tomb? How do you find a great family medicine residency program? What is the Utah-Indiana connection? How do your loved ones react when you decide to punk them on match day? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Haley, a successful family medicine match student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Okay, well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Got a great guest today, Haley. Haley just finished the match. <laughs> yep. How does it feel? It feels great. Exhilarating. Nice to know where we're going. Yep. Good, good. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's kind of start with what you chose to do. Okay. Family medicine. Yeah, so I chose family medicine. Um, I originally came into medical school thinking I was going to do pediatrics. Um, so I actually participated in the EPAC program all throughout the first two years of medical school. It was my own pediatrician that got me really interested in medicine. Um, so I always have had like a strong pull towards primary care medicine. I love the concept of being able to follow your patients, um, you know, from the time that they're born um, throughout their adult life. And so I really love that concept. Um, continuity of care. Continuity of care. Yep. I love continuity of care with my patients. And so I knew I was looking towards a primary care field. Um, I found throughout medical school that I actually really loved adults too. So that had me going towards more of a med peds route. Um, Mm -hmm. and I thought for a while I was going to be doing med peds. I actually was the med peds interest group leader in my second year. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I actually was really interested in that. Um, but then my third year, my first rotation was, um, OB and I thought I was going to hate ob and I ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shifted me more towards family medicine um, and more away from med peds. So, so, so it sounds like there, were, like peds didn't scare you off. It's just you nope. kind of fell in love with the as- uh, the adult aspect yep. of family medicine. Yeah, I kind of went through third year and loved everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> that moved me and more there, towards there's family. There's that stereotype, though, where, where people love everything and they should go into family yep. medicine because you get to see everything. <laughs> right. Where did you uh, – and. Where did you have family medicine during your third year? I mean, did you strategically place that? Because usually you put that in the middle. Yeah, it ended up actually being my second rotation. Okay, where at? Where did you do your family Um, medicine? I did it in Roy. Okay. So I'm from Roy. Go Roy. Go Roy. (laughs) I wanted to stay. The fighting (laughs) Roysters. Fighting Royals. Royals. All right, there we go. Okay. So I wanted to stay near home. I thought it'd be nice to actually have a short commute Mm -hmm. for six weeks of medical school. Mm -hmm. And so they got me into um, the Herefordshire um, IHC clinic in Roy. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, how many doctors were you with? Um, I mainly worked with Dr. Obayashi. Okay. um, And then some days I would work with Dr. Merkley, which was actually kind of fun because he was my family medicine physician um, growing up. Oh, interesting. So I got to spend some time with him. So you got to him. kind of complete the circle of mm-hmm. life, sort of. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what kind of and what, what kind of hours did you have during your family medicine rotation? What kind of what kind of patients did you see? What kind of diseases? Yeah. So the nice thing is, is family medicine can have nicer hours, mm-hmm. um, depending on what you decide to do. So this was a really all clinical time. Um, the doctors I was with didn't do any ER or OB or hospital medicine. So mainly it was like eight thirty to four thirty to five thirty um, every day, and so that was kind of. The schedule Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, worked a few Instacare shifts. Mm-hmm. So the nice thing at that clinic, their um, their providers work three days a week in clinic and one day a week in the Instacare, and then they alternate weekends in their Instacare. So, got so, to, so we're talking like sore throats and yep, sore throats, okay. um, hypertension, diabetes, lots of chronic illnesses, um, some chronic pain. Um, and so that was a really good experience for me, but that actually didn't quite solidify everything for me because 
I, in my own practice, want to see more children and do a lot more women's health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and the providers that I was with didn't focus a lot on women's health care. And so instead of just taking that as my only family medicine experience, I decided to do a two-week family medicine preceptorship with Dr. Marlena Lee, um, who I looked at as a physician that I might be able to model my practice after. How so? Um, so she does OB. Okay. She sees kids. So she she really, like... Talk to me about seeing people from womb to tomb. So seeing womb to all tomb. ages, I love it. womb okay. to tomb. <laughs> Hashtag womb to tomb. <laughs> so um, I really kind of admired that in her. And I knew that her being a woman, she was probably going to see more women's health issues, which is something I would like to focus on. So I thought I'd get that experience as well before I completely made my decision. Okay. And then when did you make that decision during the third year? I mean, did anything kind of tempt you at the last minute or... Yeah. Like, yeah. How did that play out? I mean, yeah, when, so, when did you make up your mind and things like that? <laughs> I was actually torn a little bit before between um, OB-GYN and family medicine mm-hmm. um, after loving my OB-GYN clerkship so much. But I think after um, after my family medicine clerkship and after doing the preceptorship with Dr. Lee, I realized that what I loved in OB-GYN was actually when I would deliver with the family medicine physicians. Mm. So... I remember one of my experiences, I went in with a family medicine physician, um, and she knew the whole family. So she, the other kids came in, and she knew what had happened with them, and she was able to deliver the baby and then do the newborn wellness exam. And so she was able to really have that huge continuity of care. And I kind of liked seeing that, where she knew the entire family, all of their stories, and she took care of all of them. Um, and I realized that that was probably the experiences I liked best out of OB-GYN. So that shifted me more towards family medicine. Okay. Uh, and so that into third year kind of made that decision. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, um, and I think we should talk about it cause you've talked about OB. So as far as I know, I'm just going to say some stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I do. I say some okay. stuff, you react, <laughs> we talk about it. All right. So, uh, you know, as you, so like in the world of delivering babies, there's essentially two routes. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's other routes if we count midwives, but right. you can be an OBGYN obstetri- uh, obstetrician, mm-hmm. or you can be a family practice doc who also delivers babies. Right. Yeah. And so what I have heard is that when people look for residency programs, it behooves one, if they're going into family medicine, to go into a program that we call unopposed, mm-hmm. meaning that there is not an OBGYN residency in place because that way all the deliveries go your way, the right. family medicine rate. Is, that, right. I, is everything I'm saying accurate? Making sense, okay. yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, family medicine is three years long, the residency, mm-hmm. and, but there, you can do an OB fellowship on top. Can you, you talk can. some more about that? Have you thought about that? Yeah, and, I've and thought about it a like? little bit. What does that look like? Yeah, yeah. the OB fellowship is a one-year fellowship. Okay. Um, and so for me, if I'm going to do obstetrics, I'm probably going to more do non-surgical obstetrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked for programs that were very strong in OB. Um, all the programs I think I interviewed at have very strong OB programs. Um, and the unopposed versus opposed, you can still probably get good um, non-surgical OB um, experience at an opposed program, mm. but you may not get as much surgical experience. Mm. So at McKD, the nice thing is it's a very, very strong OB program. Um, there's there's physicians there that will come out very proficient even in C-sections if they want to. So they have a track for people interested in getting surgical training. Um, but a lot of hospitals are requiring family medicine physicians to get that year fellowship um, okay. in order to get surgical privileges. So a lot of times if you're looking for non-surgical, you can probably get your numbers that you need in your residency. And if you're wanting to do more surgical, depending on the hospital you're going to end up on, you might want to do a fellowship. When you say surgery, you mean cesarean sections? Yes. Uh, and any other surgeries? Or is that kind of the main one? Or? That's pretty much the main one. The main yep. one. Okay. And again, I'm just going to say some stuff. So, okay. So <laughs> um, how were you treated by the OB team when they found out you were going into family medicine? 
going to do OB. Because, like, let me just talk about my own experience. Like, mm-hmm. when I did my rotation uh, in family medicine and OB, there seems to be this tension yes. around this issue. Yes. <laughs> um, and I say this lightly, turf battles, you know, sometimes obstetricians feel that family practitioners are not quote-unquote qualified right. Right. Um, and are, are encroaching on their turf. And then family practice docs sometimes think, like, obstetricians are not um, you know, they don't teach them or they're mm-hmm. the kind of hogging the, I don't know what the right words are. I don't want to get myself in trouble. Did you notice <laughs> that at all? I mean, did you experience that or witness anything? So the, I didn't experience a lot of that because mm-hmm. my OB guy in clerkship was my first clerkship. Okay. And I was actually really interested in OB at that point, And it was something I didn't expect to be interested in. And so I actually was telling them I might really want to do OB. I told them I was between OB and family. And uh, okay. a lot of the OB residents actually were between OB and family before they decided to do OB as okay. well. So they kind of were giving me good advice on how to make that decision between the two. Um, I do think a lot of OB providers can get a little, um, they may think that family medicine physicians don't have as much experience, which I mean, they do have a longer residency and they train specifically in that. So I also understand where they're coming from. Um, but I think that you can gain the experience that you want to, especially if you want to do an OB fellowship. Okay. All right. So let's jump ahead. So fourth year rolls around. Yes. Time to start getting your residency applications in order. Mm-hmm. How, you know, you know, well, let me back up. So we do have a family practice residency fair. Mm-hmm. Did you attend that? Was that helpful in kind of figuring out where you're going to apply to or – so walk me through where you, how you did how do you decide where do you apply to? Yeah, so, so that was a hard decision for me. <laughs> um, I knew I wanted to apply to all the programs in Utah. Utah has wonderful family medicine programs. And there's four here. There's four here. Okay. Yep. So I really really wanted to apply to all of the family medicine programs here. I would like to stay in Utah ultimately. Um, and then there was also the I did go to the fair. And that was very helpful. So you were able to meet and interact with some of the people there. How many programs were at the fair? Oh, let's see. All the Utah programs went to it. And I want to say... Um, I think the Idaho ones were I think were the there. Idaho ones were there. And also Indiana. Yep. Our, our, the, the, the very strange Utah-Indiana yep. connection. Yep. And I have to yeah. say, like, I'm really glad that we have that connection with um, Indiana. One of the programs in Indiana, the Ball Memorial in Muncie, um, they took us out to dinner. And I actually really connected well with their program director. Mm-hmm. And I ranked them in my top five. I think thought that they were a very yeah. strong program. Yeah, our, 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 resident, our, our med students tend to go out there. It's, yeah. It's just, just this year, year after year, there's usually one or two. I yep. think the most has been three or four. So. Well, and the nice thing is, is a lot of them come back here to practice. And so people around here know that you get a good, um, you get a good training when you go to um, these programs in Indiana. And I liked that they came here because I never would have considered moving to Indiana if it wouldn't have been for that. Mm-hmm. Um, looking beyond that, it was hard for me to decide where I wanted to live outside of Utah. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, I overapplied. <laughs> so what does so, that look like for a family medicine? So I like really overapplied. I applied to like 40 programs, which and that's is considered very high. Very, very high. What, yeah. what number do most people? Um, Dr. Stevenson told me to shoot for like 20. Okay. So I I like doubled that mainly because I didn't have enough time to research everywhere that I wanted to, um, interview at. So I think I just thought I'll spend a couple hundred dollars more and leave myself more options. Sure. So So applied to 40 programs. How many interview offers? I applied to like 40 programs. Um, there was like 30 interview offers. That's a lot of interviews. And so cut a lot of those out. I'm fairly sure you didn't do all 30 (laughs) interviews. Nope. I ended up doing 13, which is even high for, um, family medicine. A lot will do like 10 or less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one thing I know, again, the word on the streets, uh, family medicine residency programs tend to be very into recruitment. Yes. Taking you out to dinner. Yeah. Putting you up in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Flying you out in certain cases. Yep. This is 
rather rare in other fields, <laughs> right? So how yep. did it feel to go through that? I have to say it was a very nice feeling okay. because they, they would normally put you up in a very nice hotel. They'd take you out to a gr- great dinner. They'd say, you know, no expense spared, you know, mm-hmm. order whatever you want. And a lot of times they're very expensive restaurants. And so they very much catered towards you. And I found also in a lot of interviews, they really wanted to ask you what you wanted to know about the program, what you wanted to know about the community. So really very much trying to sell you on their program, um, which was a nice change from medical school interviews. I know. I, so <laughs> I remember I remember growing up because I had a couple of friends that went to law school at the same time I went to med mm-hmm. school. And when they graduate law school, then the recruitment kicks in with right. these, like law firms. I just remember like, yeah, like residency programs usually don't do that. Right. So I, I felt a little <laughs> jealous going, like, yeah, it's just kind of different culture. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of the times they'd even pay for our hotel the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I did 13 interviews, I still only paid, I think, a little over 2000 for all of my That's really good. interviews. Really good. So it didn't end up costing me a ton of money. Did so. you then pay for airfare? Did they fly you out? No. Okay. A lot of them won't fly you out. The Wisconsin schools have an interesting program that if you interview at four or more schools, um, they'll pay you money to come. So four or more residency programs within mm-hmm. the state of within Wisconsin. Within the state of Wisconsin. And Wisconsin has really I learned that the Midwest has some really strong family medicine programs. Something that became important to me was finding a residency program in an area where family medicine was still valued. Mm. Um so places that you know they would still go to family medicine doctors for OB and that they'd go to their family medicine doctor for everything and there maybe wasn't as big of a prevalence of um med peds providers around. So is that how you can tell if they're valued or not by how they're utilized? Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And if there is you know how they're respected in the community, mm-hmm. how they're treated at the local hospital. Right. So there's always sometimes there's like tension around that. Right. Admitting privileges and things like that. Right. So, interesting. Okay. So um, let's get back to uh, your list. So yes. I get the sense it's almost like binary. You had to decide <laughs> whether to stay in Utah or go outside Utah. Yes. And if go outside Utah, where? Mm-hmm. Um, and also what I know is if you wanted to stay in Utah, it was – pretty good that you'd probably match at one of the four right yeah so, i was hoping but. yeah so <laughs> help me walk me through like you know how did you ultimately decide to stay in utah yeah so it was being from utah being, being from, from roy, utah yeah. i mean we've actually never moved out of the city of roy so okay. <laughs> we we apparently don't get out much mm-hmm. um but me and my husband are both from roy both mm-hmm. of our families live in roy so very strong did you meet in roy we met in roy okay. yeah we okay. were high school sweethearts oh, that's so beautiful. like <laughs> we met a long time ago um so being close to our families is very important to us um also i started really thinking there's a couple physicians that i know very well even my own family medicine physician he um, is from Ogden, mm-hmm. and he did his undergrad in medical school. Well, he did his medical school at the University of Utah and residency in KD, and now he practices in that community. And he said one of the things that was really helpful as well is during his residency, he could start building those relationships with specialists in the community and the providers in the community um, to send his patients to. And that became important to me as I thought, you know, this will start establishing kind of our lives here. And my poor husband, he's mm-hmm. he's been a trooper this whole time. He's um, been doing a mecha- mechanical engineering degree. Mm-hmm. He graduated in December, and he's been working with the company for the last six and a half years in North Ogden. And I really wanted him to be able to establish his career as well and not have to uproot him. Mm-hmm. So staying in Utah was definitely a high priority. <laughs> um, and then I also really liked the idea of being able to stay in where I want to practice because mm-hmm. I eventually want to practice from Ogden to Layton kind mm-hmm. of area. Um, so I want to stay close. Um, and I wanted to be able to get to know the providers in the area. Um, and it actually was a hard choice for me though, between McKay and Utah Valley, I ended up really loving the Utah Valley program too. Um, but the McKay program just offered a little bit more 
options for long-term continuity OB patients mm-hmm. and a little bit more um, things that I liked in the sports medicine training there as well. So it kind of edged it out a little bit. <laughs> so McKady is rising on your list. Yep. And tell me about the love letters and the emails. And oh, like, yeah. <laughs> what was your strategy? Did they reciprocate? What right. What that look like? The love letters can get exhausting. <laughs> and for people who don't know what that is, what you explain? Yep. Yeah. So love letters is like all the communication after the interviews. And I feel like family medicine actually does a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So there's some specialties that don't really do a lot of communication after the interview day. But family medicine, I think, highly encourages it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always would send out thank you letters um, to kind of everyone that I spent time with during the interview day. Um, I always always wrote little notes about people that I interacted with and what I could thank them for and what they helped me with that day. Um, so I always send them little thank you notes. And then, you know, when it got a little closer, you want to still remind them about yourself. Um, and I found that a lot of the places on my list, I would be very excited about going. So I felt very comfortable being able to write them and saying, you know, I'd be very happy if I matched here. You know, it may not be my top choice, but I would be very happy to match there. Mm -hmm. And so being able to just let them know, hey, I felt comfortable in this community. I'm excited about this program and I would be very happy if I matched here. I think that that's just a good opportunity to let them know of your interest. Okay. So heading into match day, you're fairly confident. Scale of one to (laughs) 10, 10 being... Super, you just know for a lock this is going to happen. Zero, you're freaking out. Where were you? Yeah, I was freaking out a little bit. Really? <laughs> at least about Why? Why at least about staying in Utah. Okay. And I think it was because we had a lot of people matching into family medicine this year, um, mm-hmm. a lot more than normal. Yeah, I think 11, 10? Yeah, okay. we had 13 applying, 13, okay. but two were dual applying, and they ended up matching into their other specialties. Okay. Um, so we ended up having 11 match into family medicine, and I knew a lot of those 11 wanted to stay in Utah. Mm-hmm. So I was a little concerned because I thought programs aren't going to want, you know, for for people and mm-hmm. <laughs> and McKady hadn't taken um two students from the U for a while and I knew Jacob Saunders really wanted to go to McKady too. He's mm-hmm. from um the Ogden area and so I didn't know if we'd both match there. Um did you end up matching there? We both ended up matching okay. there. Yep. So, so we're going to be future interns together. <laughs> how big is the program? So there is six residents okay. per year. Okay, that's yep. good. So you know, you bring up Jake. So here's another question. Yeah. I, and I love this stuff. <laughs> I love talking about this stuff, the strategizing. So Usually, when when a group of people decide, like med students, oh, we're going to do ophthalmology, mm-hmm. sometimes the fourth years at the beginning of the process kind of band together. Right. And they compare notes and, mm-hmm. you know, as they interact with different programs, they kind of say, oh, you know, I'm hearing this from that program or this from that program. Mm-hmm. But then I think – and this just seems to be very – it happens every year. And then the students are realizing, oh, we might be competing for the same spot right. at a program. <laughs> and so what starts off is like this bond of friendship yep. and like unity kind of f- phrase just a little bit. Yep. <laughs> How did it work with like – not you don't have to necessarily like, – talk about Jake, but just that process. Yeah. yeah. You know, I really felt like it was very collegial the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, I felt like at least the people that I've been close to throughout medical school, we would compare notes and, mm-hmm. you know, share thoughts on different programs and kind of shared our rank lists and where we were hoping to go. And so um, I didn't really feel too much of competition. I mean, you do think, oh, crap, is, are they going to take both of us here? Yeah. Or are, is only one day? of us going to take us out? Me and Jake actually did interview at the same day. Okay. So three out of the people, three out of the four people that interviewed on our day at McKay ended up going there. Okay. So it good. was apparently a good day for interviewing. Do you ever play? Did you ever play mind games afterwards? <laughs> like, Jake, I got an email. They're offering me an extra 5000 Did you get that email? <laughs> no, it was funny, though, because me and Jake were on an ICU rotation together. Mm-hmm. And... um 
I did not think I was going to be matching at McKD because I felt good. I did a sub eye there mm-hmm. and I did a sub eye at Utah Valley and I felt good about my sub eye experience. But my interview day, I think I was just so nervous. I was like, I think I blew that interview day. Mm-hmm. And I, in yeah, yeah, I was like, I think I was just way too nervous about it. And I had sent them, you know, some emails afterwards and I hadn't heard back from anyone. And I'm like, oh no, they're, they're just kind of writing me off. And mm-hmm. so I had finally heard back from one of the residents there and Jake actually had heard back from her the same day. <laughs> and she said something to Jake in an email like, oh, we'll see you in June. And I'm like, oh, dang it. They're going to take Jake and no. they're not going to take me. <laughs> Did you get the secret coded uh, <laughs> right? email from that I'm person. like, I didn't get the see you in June. So I was like all nervous about it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I ended up working out. I was... I, we were both really hoping that we'd both end up there. So good. And good. I really would have been happy for Jake too if I would have gone somewhere else. So sure. the nice thing is, is the programs that I interviewed, I really would have been happy with like my top seven. I would have probably been very ecstatic with. So, so let's, let's talk about match day. Yes. Uh, match day. You're there with your family. Yep. Husband. Yep. Uh, the ribbon gets cut. Yep. <laughs> what did you do? Where? Did you open it in front of your family? Did you open it up near yeah. the table? How, how'd, you, how'd that play out? So I had had this plan for a while Ooh. that um, and I didn't tell my husband this either. So my husband thought I'd let him look at the letter when I opened it with me. Mm. But I decided to not let him do that. So I decided I was going to just look at the letter myself. And way back when I had interviewed at Indiana, I liked the Indiana program, but I didn't want to move to Indiana <laughs> and um, over Utah. And so I ended up... Um, Thinking, okay, I want to open this letter and say we're moving to Indiana and just see if they'll all be supportive. Just want to punk your husband. (laughs) I did. My husband and my in-laws and my family, I wanted to see if they'd all really be supportive if we were moving so far away. So it's like a test. Yep, it was a little test. And so um, I went and got my letter, but I started worrying that maybe I really was going to match there. (laughs) And so I didn't want to set myself up for that. So I went and got my letter and I opened it up and I took a look at it and it said McKD. And so I told my family, well, we're moving to Indiana. And my my husband just looked at me and he's like, okay, we are like, like, okay, I'm going to gear up for this. And Basketball then- <laughs> and uh, cheese on gravy. I mean, gravy on biscuits. Right? And, yep. yeah, yeah. I do think we could have been very happy okay. there, but right. it's right. a ways away from home. All so right. he, um, He's like, I said, oh, just kidding. I got into McKady and their faces were priceless. Mm-hmm. And it's quite funny. Desert News got some awesome pictures yes, of their yes. faces. Yeah, it's, yeah I've <laughs> so, seen that. It's, it's great. I think it's I'm because sure of the shock factor. It's, yep. It's hanging up on the refrigerator home. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Um, great. And then uh, the program reached out to you later. Like, yep. Yeah. Welcome to the family kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So they actually called me um, that day, but we were out to lunch and I've been getting a lot of like telemarketer calls. So I ignored the call. I think most so, people do that now. I actually never actually I get answered that on my the phone. phone. I get like, because you have that caller ID, and it's like, right. it's like, oh, Poughkeepsie, New York. Like, I don't know anyone. Right. I'm not picking this phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. When a lot of mine are coming actually from like six nine eight Roy numbers, and mm-hmm. so it's it's confusing me. Mm-hmm. But I ended up ignoring the call, and so I listened to a voicemail later. All the residents had called and cheered and congratulated, and so I texted a few of them and said, oh, I'm so excited to work with you guys, and they sent me a picture of my future interns and. The residency coordinator sent an email as well. She was actually out of town for a week um, mm-hmm. on vacation, but sent us kind of an introductory email, helped us know what we were um, kind of getting into and a couple things that we could get started on. So Good. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited for you. All right, last few minutes. We've got a little bit of time left. Okay. Let's talk about your med school journey to this point. Yes. As you look back, um, what surprised you? What was the hardest? I mean, like, what, 
when you think back about this past four years, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, medical school's really been a roller coaster. <laughs> so I think it's really hard because you're coming from being probably one of the top people in your high school class to coming into a class full of the top people in their high school class. <laughs> and so it's a little bit of a change from um, feeling like things probably came to you easily to everything being really difficult. Um, and I didn't have a huge background in medicine before medical school. I did my undergraduate in um, physics. And so coming into medical school, I hadn't had to memorize anything mm -hmm. for a very long time. All of our physics tests were open book, open note, because it was that hard to figure it out. But um, I hadn't had to like memorize lists and memorize like drug names and um, bacteria names for a very long time. So um, coming in, I think getting used to taking those tests was a little bit of a struggle. And so that really pushed me. And I feel like all of medical school has kind of pushed me outside my comfort zone a little bit and helped me to continue to grow as an individual. Mm -hmm. So whether it's meeting with patients when you don't quite feel comfortable to do an exam or when you're not feeling comfortable to take a history yet, or whether you're being pimped with questions on your third year, you're always kind of pushed outside of that mm -hmm. comfort zone. But I have kind of this life philosophy that when you're pushed outside of your comfort zone, that's when you're going to grow the most. And so as uncomfortable as this experience has been at times, I really feel like it's pushed me outside of my comfort zone, gotten me to kind of grow as an individual and um, helping me come, become the, phys the physician I want to be. So, you know, I love hearing that, Haley, and just kind of thinking back to your experiences, when you did your sub-I's at McKady or Utah mm -hmm. Valley Regional, like, do you feel that the school prepared you well? I mean, were you yes. able to shine in these environments yep. where there could be other med students from other schools mm -hmm. at those places? I mean, I'm just kind of curious what your experience was. Yeah, I have to say the CMC course, the um, clinical methods course that they implemented um, our year, I loved and I was so grateful for because by the time we got to these courses, um, I felt very comfortable writing notes. Even when we entered our third year, mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine entering third year without that course because I felt very comfortable writing notes, very comfortable doing physical exams. Um, I felt very well prepared for that. And then the U can be intense um, during third year. And mm -hmm. so I really felt like um, by the time we got to our sub-I's, people were like, wow, you guys are really well prepared because it can be a very intense experience mm -hmm. third year. Um, but pushing us that hard, I think, does make us very well prepared and helps us stand out amongst some of the other students. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Last couple of questions. Okay. You're from Roy? Yep. You got into med school? Yes. You're probably the sage of Roy when it comes to, <laughs> like, how do I get into med school? So I'm sure you get that question a lot from people. Mm -hmm. What advice do you tell people? Well, how do you, you know, how do you recommend people prepare their application to get ready for this medical school journey? What would you say? Right. So, oh, it's such a process. Yes. <laughs> but I try to talk to them a lot about being well-rounded because mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes people will focus so much on just their grades or so much on volunteering or so much on research. And it really is finding a balance between all of those things. And um, as difficult as it is to balance all of those things, it's only going to get harder to balance life in medical school. So <laughs> learning how to balance in undergrad, preparing for med school is going to help you um, getting into medical school. But I I love to help others because I felt a little unprepared for the process. I didn't have a lot of people in my family who went into medicine. So I always encourage them to talk to their pre-med advisors because okay. um, my pre-med advisor was extremely helpful um, here at the U. And so... Do you remember her name? It was um, Mayumi. Mayumi. Shout Mayumi. out to Mayumi. Yeah, okay. she was awesome. So she really, like, she pulled up the spreadsheet with, here's what you need to get oh, done. Mayumi, Mayumi, Mayumi creates a mean spreadsheet. Yep, she was, she was awesome. Yeah, her Excel <laughs> skills are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah right. so I always encourage them to meet with their pre-med advisors. Um, and I know you guys have a lot of resources now, too. We're trying so, to do... Well, this podcast is part of that right, resources, the pod. Right, yeah. so I've been trying to kind of 
build people towards Mm -hmm. your resources that you're building as well. Um, but I think it's one of the things that I always tell them is apply as early as you can, Mm -hmm. because that's something I didn't quite understand. Um, but get in those applications as early as you can. Um, well, I would tell people to apply when you're ready. (laughs) Well, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I mean, once you're ready for an application cycle, yeah. So then send it in as soon as you can. Yeah. Once the application yeah. cycle is going. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's some, I mean, there's, there's an art to this. Right? Yes. So people Very who so. submit their application in July, um, get in. People who submit their applications in October can get in. Right. But you'd better, if, if you need a two or three extra months to really strengthen your application, take that. Right? Yes. Yeah. I very much agree. And yeah. I had to, I ended up doing that as well because mm-hmm. I retook my MCAT score. Mm-hmm. And so I took a couple extra months to get my new MCAT score on there. The nice thing about the U is that they don't do as much of the rolling admissions. So yeah. they, True. it's, you have a better chance here, I mm-hmm. think, even if your application goes in a little later. But, mm-hmm. um, I do think having to wait a couple months, um, made me miss out on a couple interviews. Yeah. Um, different schools around the country. Yeah, different schools have different philosophies. Yep. I, I I recognize that for applicants, it's very difficult and maddening on a certain level. Right. That everyone kind of approaches this slightly differently. So right. It, it's hard. It's hard. Um, what kind of activities did you do before you came here? Uh, oh, what kind so, of community service? What kind of organizations were you yeah. part of? Yeah. So I did kids crew um, for a while for some patient experience. And then I also um, volunteered with the VA nursing home. Um, Do you play piano for some reason? I do play the piano. Okay, I remember some piano playing and then – you did some Miss Roy stuff. Yep. Okay. Yep. I remember this stuff. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I still do Miss Roy stuff, so I've kept that up during medical school. Me and my mom I run the Miss Roy you, pageant. Oh, I bet you're very much the queen bee now. <laughs> Miss Roy pageant, right? Yeah, me and okay. my mom are the co-directors, so okay. we we have a lot of work in that. But okay. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. I think getting out there and doing something a little different sometimes mm-hmm. is helpful because it can set you apart from the other applicants. Yes, yes. So even though it's like a pageant, I mm-hmm. think it did kind of set me apart from other applicants. Well, not to. I mean, it's a pageant, but it's a scholarship pageant. Yes. But isn't there other kind of skills going into it? Yes. And the thing that I love about participating in that, um, is like I said about getting yourself outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I did to get myself outside of my comfort zone. So it's not something I normally would have done. Um, but I like to see these girls growth as they push themselves and as we can teach them interviewing skills. Um, and so many people have said that it's helped them get into different college programs by learning these interview skills. And I actually help think it helped me getting into medical school and with my residency interviews, learning these skills as well. So I do think it's a great program for young girls Mm. in the community. I I just, I don't know. I just, I I remember certain things about your application four years ago. (laughs) Cool. Well, Haley, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the the people, the citizens of Ogden, they're going to get a great uh, resident doctor. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, from the sounds of it, you'll be sticking around after you graduate. Yep. So. Yep. We'll be sticking around in the area. So Cool. Congratulations, <laughs> Haley. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.